Justin Best of the popular J. Breezy YouTube channel, formerly known as Christian Truthers, said he is, quote, questioning the authenticity of the New Testament and the existence of a historical Jesus character. In this video, we'll look at and answer some of his claims. get started, you might recall a previous article I wrote where I addressed Justin's objections to the Apostle Paul. In that article, I pointed out that if you reject Paul, you would eventually end up rejecting the entire New Testament and Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. While it is tragic, this outcome, where we are now with Justin's uh, current beliefs, is entirely predictable. Justin is merely following his premises to their logical conclusion. As I demonstrated in my article, however, his premises were utterly false, and so his conclusion is wrong. I wish he had been willing to re-examine his views in light of the challenges from others and myself, but instead Justin doubled down and he ignored offers to privately or publicly discuss the issue. Once again, it is sad that it has come to this, but it was to be expected. I decided to address Justin's more recent claims because of his enduring popularity among believers. My hope is to prevent others from following the same destructive path. So why does Justin doubt the authenticity of the New Testament and the existence of a historical Jesus character? Well, in a recent comment, he said this. I question everything and then only speak to what I believe can be supported. At this time, there is very little to support the New Testament's writing until long after the Messiah would have walked the earth. Please review the Dionysian cults that were already emerging in the several hundred years just before the arrival of Jesus. I recommend reading the Bacchae by Euripides in 410 BC and also looking for comparisons between Homer's writings and the Gospels. You'll find that the Eucharist pre-existed the first century among pagans, as did many other Christian slash Neoplatonian ideas. Dionysus, the son of Zeus and a mortal woman, the demigod of wine, who called himself the Vine, teaching his own gospel with many more comparisons. Watch the Caesar's Messiah to get started on understanding the Flavian influence, Roman, and why they would want to create a new peaceful Messiah to quell the Jewish revolts that kept occurring under the warrior messiahs of that time. There's just so much more. Too long didn't read, yes, I am questioning the authenticity of the New Testament and the existence of a historical Jesus character. Okay, so there is a lot to unpack here, but Justin's assertions are common among internet atheists. If you've ever seen the movie Zeitgeist, some of Justin's claims might sound familiar. Zeitgeist attempts to make the case that Jesus is a fictional character created out of older myths, rituals, and symbols, such as the Dionysus myth, among others. So. Let's address Justin's assertions one by one. At this time, there is very little to support the New Testament's writing until long after the Messiah would have walked the earth. Is it true that there is very little to support the New Testament accounts of the Messiah's life? Were the New Testament authors just stealing ideas from pagan myths and fabricating a peaceful Jesus character to quell Jewish revolts? No. According to William Lane Craig, quote, 
No modern scholar thinks of the Gospels as bald-faced lies, the result of a massive conspiracy. The only places you find such conspiracy theories are on atheist websites and in sensationalist books and movies. When you read the pages of the New Testament, there's no doubt that these people sincerely believed in the truth of what they proclaimed. There is simply no reason to believe the New Testament authors fabricated the Jesus about whom they wrote. They really thought the events about which they wrote happened, enough that some of them were willing to be tortured and killed for those beliefs. In his book, On Guard, William Lane Craig lists five reasons we can trust the New Testament's historical reliability and what it says about Yeshua. Let's quickly go through each of them. First, there was insufficient time for legendary influences to erase the core of historical facts. According to scholars, the time gap between the New Testament events and when they would have been written down is just too short for legendary tendencies to blot out the historical facts. For instance, Greco-Roman historian A. N. Sherwin-White says that the ancient writings of the Greek historian Herodotus, who lived between 484 to 425 BC, help us learn the rate at which legend accumulates. Here's what he writes. Herodotus enables us to test the tempo of myth-making, and the test suggests that even two generations are too short a span to allow the mythical tendency to prevail over the hard historic core of the oral tradition. For some perspective, the two earliest biographies of Alexander the Great were written down more than 400 years after his death, yet historians still have the utmost confidence in their reliability. In contrast, the Gospel accounts were completed before the close of the first century and were written by eyewitnesses or under the guidance of eyewitnesses to the events they describe. If virtually everyone trusts Alexander the Great's earliest biographies as historical, how much more should we trust the Gospel accounts? In any case, the possibility that myth had crept into the Gospel accounts to make them untrustworthy simply isn't reasonable. Second, the Gospels are not analogous to folktales or contemporary urban legends. Unlike folktales about imaginary people and events, such as Paul Bunyan and others, the Gospel accounts concern actual historical individuals and events. For instance, people like Pontius Pilate, Joseph Caiaphas, John the Baptist, and even James, the brother of Yeshua, they can all be found in the first century Jewish historian Josephus's writings. The fact that the claims of the New Testament are confirmed in outside historical sources supports the New Testament's historical reliability. Third, the Jewish transmission of sacred traditions was highly developed and reliable. The Jewish disciples of Yeshua first passed on his teachings orally before they were eventually written down. Ancient Jews were known for memorizing large amounts of scripture. This is also true of ancient Greek storytellers who were able to memorize the entire Iliad or Odyssey. The high value placed on memorization might sound odd to us today, but that's because our culture is immersed in written information. It wasn't like that in the ancient world. Now, skeptics might argue that it would be easy to change or distort information transmitted through oral tradition, but this is simply false. 
For instance, oral tradition was transmitted publicly in front of entire communities, and it was repeated over and over for everyone there to memorize. Therefore, if someone misstated information, the whole community would have been there to correct errors. Fourth, there were significant restraints on the embellishment of traditions about Jesus, such as the presence of eyewitnesses and the apostles' supervision. As Dr. Craig explains, quote, those who had seen and heard Jesus were still on the scene and could be asked about what Jesus had said and done. Moreover, their traditions about Jesus remained under the supervision of the original apostles. These factors would act as a natural check on the tendencies to elaborate the facts in a direction contrary to the one preserved by those who had known Jesus. In fact, in the case of the Gospels, it would be more accurate to speak of oral history rather than oral tradition, since the living eyewitnesses and apostles were still around. Fifth, the Gospel writers have a proven track record of historical reliability. In the places we're able to verify the New Testament's historical claims against other historical sources, we find that the New Testament authors' accounts were incredibly accurate. For instance, many of the historical rulers mentioned in the New Testament have been discovered in archaeology. Many of the historical places mentioned in the New Testament have been found in archaeology. Additionally, numerous examples demonstrate that the New Testament authors were intimately familiar with the ancient culture about which they wrote. The evidence in favor of the New Testament's historical reliability is overwhelming. Let's move on to Justin's next claim. Please review the Dionysian cults that were already emerging in the several hundred years just before the arrival of Jesus. I recommend reading the Bacchae by Euripides in 410 BC and also looking for comparisons between Homer's writings and the Gospels. You'll find that the Eucharist pre-existed the first century among pagans, as did many other Christian slash Neoplatonian ideas. Dionysus, the son of Zeus, and a mortal woman, the demigod of wine, who called him self-divine, teaching his own gospel with many more comparisons. Did the New Testament authors steal from the Dionysus myth to fabricate their Jesus character? No. Again, Justin seems to be regurgitating common, unsubstantiated claims from internet atheists. For instance, the Zeitgeist documentary claims the following regarding Dionysus. Dionysus of Greece, born of a virgin on December 25th, was a traveling teacher who performed miracles such as turning water into wine. He was referred to as the King of Kings, God's only begotten Son, the Alpha and the Omega, and many others, and upon his death, he was resurrected. All of these claims are false. There is no reference anywhere to a December 25th birthday for Dionysus, and even if there were, it wouldn't matter. Even though December 25th later became the traditional date that most Christians celebrate the birth of Yeshua, the Bible doesn't make any claims of a particular birth date for him. Moreover, Dionysus was not born of a virgin. According to the ancient hymn to Dionysus in the Homeric hymns, Dionysus was conceived from the union of Zeus and Semel. I am a loud-crying Dionysus, whom Cadmus' daughter Semel bear of union with Zeus. Some sources say that Dionysus traveled the world spreading civilization, but this is true of any divine religious teacher and is therefore way too general to force a parallel to Yeshua. 
There is a story of Dionysus turning water into wine, but the account comes from a source dated much later than the first century. Thus, if there were any causal connection, the pagans would have gotten it from the gospel accounts. Also, there is no evidence that Dionysus was referred to as King of Kings, Alpha and Omega, or any of the other titles that are applied to Yeshua in the scriptures. Regarding the claim that Dionysus was resurrected, the closest thing we have that might resemble the resurrection of Yeshua is a legend recorded in Diodorus Siculus 362. It is said that Titans kidnapped Dionysus and boiled him. When Zeus found out, he killed the Titans and brought Dionysus back to life. As we can clearly see, there is no parallel whatsoever between this legend and the story of Yeshua's resurrection. Anyone can read translations of the primary sources and verify this information for themselves. If Justin wants to say that Jesus was copied from the Dionysus myths, he must cite actual sources that demonstrate some clear parallel. In reality, no such parallel exists in the primary sources. These are all just baseless assertions popularized by internet memes posted on atheist reddit boards. Let's move on to Justin's next claim. Watch the Caesar's Messiah to get started on understanding the Flavian influence, Roman, and why they would want to create a new peaceful messiah to quell the Jewish revolts that kept occurring under the warrior messiahs of that time. Caesar's Messiah is a documentary based on the book written by Joseph Atwell. The premise of the book and the documentary is that the New Testament authors were actually Romans who wanted to pacify the Jews so that they would stop fighting against Rome. They did this by inventing a quote-unquote peaceful messiah as a non-threatening alternative expression of Jewish messianism. Atwell's perspective, like the Dionysus claims, is part of the Jesus mythicism genre, that is, the idea that Yeshua, Jesus, never actually existed historically, but was fabricated by the New Testament authors. In short, Rome invented the Jesus character to quell the Jewish revolts, as Justin now seems to believe. Well, there are numerous problems with Atwell's thesis. First, Atwell claims that the imperial family, the Flavians, created Christianity sometime after the Jewish revolt between AD 66 and 73. One obvious problem with this idea is that Christianity clearly existed before 73 AD. Tacitus mentions an immense multitude of Christians living in Rome during Nero's reign between AD 54 and AD 68. Suetonius similarly mentions Christians suffering persecution under Nero. Additionally, most scholars date Paul's letters no later than 68 AD. This early evidence demonstrates that Atwell's idea that Christianity didn't exist until after 73 AD is completely false. Second, let's also not forget that Rome didn't have any incentive to pull off such a conspiracy. They could have quelled any Jewish revolts by force, and they did. Third, it's absurd to think that there would be any Jews who would fall for such a hoax. Isn't it much more likely that the earliest Christians followed Yeshua because they really believed, enough to be tortured and killed for it, that Yeshua rose from the dead? That's what actual scholars and historians like N.T. Wright think. Quote, this is why, as an historian, I cannot explain the rise of early Christianity unless Jesus rose again, leaving an empty tomb behind him. 
There is a reason that actual scholars reject Jesus mythicism. It's nonsense that is easily debunked when you take five minutes to look at the primary sources. Anyway, I hope we can learn some lessons from Justin's destructive path of heresy. Here are a couple of things. Number one, heresy will lead to more and worse heresy. Some people were angry that I wrote an article refuting Justin's arguments against Paul. Even if they disagreed with Justin's position, they dismissed his grave theological error and said, well, it's not like he has denied the Messiah. He only denied Paul, and you don't need Paul to be saved. Well, those people have now said that they wish they hadn't defended Justin's destructive path, and they regret denying the obvious fact that his error would lead to rejecting the Messiah as it did. This is why it's so important to make sure our doctrine is sound and to stop treating heresy lightly. Another thing is that not everyone with a popular YouTube channel is a reliable teacher. In fact, most probably aren't. We need to get our information from credible sources. Check out my teaching, Why We Need Scholars, for more on that. As I said in my previous article addressing Justin, I do pray that he repents, that he comes to his senses. Um, I'm more than willing to have a conversation with him on this or any other topic. But um, in the meantime, I'm more worried about those over whom he has influence. I hope people will be able to clearly see Justin's false teaching for what it is, and that they will not follow him into this destructive path of damnable heresy. Hey everyone, thanks for watching this video. I hope you liked it. If you did, please give it a thumbs up and share your thoughts in the comments below. Also, don't forget to subscribe and hit that notification bell so that you'll be notified when I release new content like this. I'll see you next time. Blessings and Shalom.